Mr. Peterman sent me over here for a physical because, as you may or may not know, he and I are going on a trip to Kenya. Africa. <laughs> it's my first such mission for the company. The Maasai Bushmen wore these great sandals and we're gonna knock them off. Not the Maasai, the sandals. <laughs> I'll need a urine sample. Right. Hello, and welcome to The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm Eric. On today's episode, we welcome actor, writer, and producer Ron West. Ron has appeared in a number of films and TV shows, including Third Rock from the Sun, The King of Queens, Malcolm in the Middle, The Tracy Morgan Show, Sour Grapes, Backdraft, and Key and Peele. He also played Dr. Strugatz in the classic season seven episode, The Showerhead, and we're so happy he can join us today. Thank you for being with us, Ron. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so when did you first decide you wanted to pursue a career in comedy? Um, I think really um, when I was in uh, high school, I, uh, you know, had been in plays and musicals and uh was uh, able to get laughs and uh, was really enjoying myself. And it just seemed so, it was such a big task, but then, you know, somehow we pulled it off and uh, we didn't even know what we were doing. So I guess when I was in, in high school and then, you know, also I saw um, uh, on PBS, they had uh, reruns of Monty Python and I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Love Monty Python. Yeah. I got to work with um, Cleese on an episode of Third Rock. And oh, that's I've, awesome. And I've been to Eric Idle's uh, villa up on uh, Mulholland Drive. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I know you've been working at the Second City since 1984. So how did that start and what has that experience been like? Well, uh, I had moved to Chicago. I had a, a very small part in a play that was eight and a half hours long. Uh, mostly I moved furniture and the play was The Life and Adventures of Nicholas Nickleby. And two of the producers of that were the producers at Second City, Bernard Solins and uh, Joyce Sloan. And uh, just kind of as a nice thing one night, they said, oh, you know, come by the Second City and watch the show. And I did, and I saw it, and I was hooked, and I was like, this is what I should be doing. As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, I asked them, how do I get involved around here? And they looked at me shocked, like, no, you're not supposed to ask for a job. And, um, <laughs> and so I took some workshops at their suggestion, and then I uh, auditioned a couple of years later and was uh, placed in the touring company on that. Uh, first uh, touring company show that we did on a Monday night at Second City in oh, September or October of 1984. That's like the only time in my life I felt like, wow, I'm actually trained and ready to do this. <laughs> I actually know what I'm supposed to do and I am ready to go. And then, you know, we had a really good show. But, you know, ever since then, it's kind of been like, um, um, I want to say to somebody, I don't know what I'm doing, but they're like, we don't care. You have to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And so by the early 90s, you started appearing in some films and TV shows. And then in 96, you landed the role on Seinfeld. So yes. how did you first hear about that role? And what was the audition like for it? I think well, you guys would know better than me. Uh, whoever was casting the show at the time, I'm going to guess it was Mark Hirschfeld. Because yeah. he was the, is that right? Yeah, that's right. He was the uh, head of casting at NBC. And I think he happened to see some improvisations that we had done, or he was just familiar with Second City Talent. So I think he's the one that uh, brought me in. Uh, the audition was um, on the Radford lot, CBS Radford. And um, at the audition, Jerry was there, Larry was there, probably the director was there, probably Mark Hirschfeld was there. Who is the script credited to? Uh, Peter Melman. He was probably there, but um, Larry, uh, Larry, Larry, as you know, had a very strong hand in rewriting them all. Uh, and so they were there and it just amounted to, you know, I, what do I have two lines and amounted to basically, I, I might've made some face that got me a free laugh. And so they, <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, kept me in, you know, that's, that's the thing in the audition is what they've written is, is funny. And, uh, but if you can get a little free laugh on something, then, uh, you can, uh, then maybe you'll get hired. Well, you got that great voice too um thanks you guys are saying are you pronouncing the name of the character strugatz strugatz i think i i think that's how larry says said it. i think i played a doctor in sour grapes too and i can't remember the name of that character and i joke that i usually play a character whose first name is doctor uh, in whatever <laughs> i'm in that's usually what i do um but uh i think he said i think larry would pronounce it strugatz i think because he said that he had a doctor that was named Strugatz. I, of course he I, did. <laughs> I think, yeah. Well, you you definitely have that doctor look nailed down, I got to say, in those Thanks. scenes. And you're right. The In the second scene you're in, you don't have to say anything. You just look at Elaine's results and just look at her and kind of shake your head. You know, right. she test positive for opium. Right. <laughs> just that look is perfect. <laughs> oh, thanks. It was a fun show to fun show to shoot, and it was, as you know, it's uh, differently structured than so many others because it has so many scenes and so many stories going on in such a short amount of time. Right. And, and sometimes, um, you know, because it was at the top of the heap, whatever show was following them, sometimes um, uh, I don't know who would make the call to whatever show came after and they'd call up the other show and say, we're 30 seconds over. So you're going to have to cut 30 seconds of your show or however many it was. Yeah. Now, you know, now, um, uh, that show, uh, now Seinfeld would be on, you know, HBO, like, um, curb your enthusiasm or, or any others where they don't even really care. They don't have to, um, uh, subscribe to 22 minutes and 30 seconds anymore. Right. Yeah, it was amazing. Seinfeld was able to be born in that sitcom world of the, you know, 22 minutes with commercials and mm -hmm. that structure. Yeah. 
So take us through each day you were there. Uh, what was your schedule like that week? Now, I can't remember um, uh, how many days I was there. Um, I think on the first day, I didn't do anything. I just, like, I showed up and I just sat up in the, um, uh, in the audience thing, waiting for them to call me, and they didn't. So I went home. <laughs> and then I think um, the second day, um, I think I did the scene with them once or twice and then I went home and then we had uh yeah this is making sense now I think I would have auditioned on a Thursday I think I showed up on a Friday and that's when I just sat there on Monday we blocked it on Tuesday we did some camera stuff and then we would have shot it that Tuesday night does it sound like that we shot right on Tuesday night does that sound right yeah that does yeah okay and um, uh, it was, you know, very, um, uh, Larry was very specific. Jerry was uh, very grateful, um, you know, that uh, to everybody. He was very, you know, it was great to everybody. I remember when we were shooting, uh, Michael Richards, who's a little bit older than everybody else, was spent a lot of time running his lines out loud to himself backstage. I'm sure you've had others uh, tell you that. And I think I wrote, I think I wrote to you guys that um, Jerry Stiller blew a line and it got a, on the night with the studio audience, it got a big laugh. And then he kept trying to get it and he kept trying to get it and he couldn't get it. And it got funnier and funnier and funnier. And, you know, the line between Jerry Stiller and Frank Costanza is very thin. So it was, it was, um, you know, real and fun. And uh, uh, the people that I know um, best on the show uh, are uh, Barney, late Barney Martin, who I went to church with. And I think after we shot, he gave me a ride home. Because we, oh, wow. we only had one car at the time. And uh, so I would see Barney all the time. And um, and then also uh, later on uh, Third Rock, I worked with Wayne quite a bit. One day, um, one day when I was shooting Third Rock, I you know show up for work and um, here comes Wayne pulling into his you know spot and he's got like some boat of a car like a Dodge Stratus something like that, <laughs> and his windows are down and he's listening to a tape of uh, Average White Band. Do you know that? Um, song by average white band pick up the pieces that's yeah. the one and <laughs> wayne was listening to that and it really cracked me up because again it was fantasy and reality overlapping it was like newman thinking he was cool <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah. amazing yeah. <laughs> so you're in the opening scene of this episode can you describe what it was like filming that scene with julia I'll tell you, I was uh, I was probably pretty terrified and have blotted most of it from uh, my mind because I'd never shot a sitcom before. That was the first one I ever did. Uh, oh, wow. I, I had seen the I think I'd seen them shot. So I kind of knew, you know, some friends of mine were writing on a, uh, a Whit Thomas show called uh, Nurses. And um Another friend of mine was writing on a sitcom that, of all people, George Foreman had a sitcom. 
Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, uh, he was adorable. I was like, get the guy on the hands of these producers and writers and get him some decent people that can write for him. And he'd have been great because he's so sincere. He's absolutely sincere. Um, oh, that's he, funny. Yeah, the right the executive producer was Tony Danza, and I don't I don't think that was a good fit. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I'd never done it before, so I was pretty nervous. I had never seen Seinfeld before I was on it. I'd never I had seen Third Rock maybe one time before I was on it, and I and I wow. still and I still didn't watch it very much. I like shows about the Civil War and Patton and crap like that. Well, that's a good two. Why not? Yeah. Patton is referenced a couple times in Seinfeld, so you know. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> and like you mentioned, Larry and Jerry were very involved in every scene of the show. So, what about your scenes? Did they tell you specifically how they wanted you to deliver your lines? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Larry read the lines exactly the way he wanted them, but. Um, but it seemed to be, you know, pretty. Um, it's it's a it's it's a tight ship. But if you pay attention, you know, it seems like there's you know creativity all all, all around, you know. Um, yeah. After every after our scene, certainly Ackerman and Larry David and um, Jerry would you know have a conference about what was going to go on, and uh, um, yeah, they were. Uh, you know, very, very hands-on. What season does the showerhead come in? Uh, season seven. Season? Oh, okay. So they were, um, they were in the the show was in you know mid stride, and they had it, they had it down, and um, uh, all the network battles had probably been won by that time. Oh yeah, definitely. But it was also uh, Larry David's last season with the show. That was the season he announced uh, uh-huh. he was retiring, or well, uh-huh. not retiring, but he was leaving the show. You know. Right. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Um, and he did one more season with just Jerry at the helm. There was two more after that. So uh-huh. yeah, with Jerry at the helm, and then yeah, they kind of changed the dynamic a little bit. But Jerry was basically yeah, he was a one man band doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, entirely, you know, entirely capable, you know. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you film either of those scenes you were in in front of an audience? Both of them. Both of them? Okay. Yeah, both of them. Uh, they don't, because there are so many scenes, they they can't shoot all of them in front of the studio audience. So, like, the final is, is when... When Kramer gets hit by the water, is that the last scene? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that when they had pre-taped. And, you know, I didn't know what was coming. Like I said, I didn't know the show that well. And um, I don't think I've ever laughed so uh, so hard out loud at a grown man getting hit by water ever in my <laughs> life. Because they said, okay, here's the end of the episode. Uh, we're going to run it for you now because Kramer gets a shower head. Then they just ran it, and it was it's hilarious. Um, Amazing. Uh, the uh, But there was a couple of times when they didn't, like, they didn't have the tape of something, and the, uh, 
the warm-up guy would say, uh, okay, well, um, we don't have this scene. We're just going to do kind of a recreation of it so it makes so the rest of the story makes sense to you. And I remember whatever the scene was, uh, Jason Alexander had the script and they just kind of filled it in for the studio audience. I'm sure they did that frequently. Is that your experience? Yeah, there's been a lot of scenes where they show like people doing, um, yeah, recreating it for the audience. And it's really funny sometimes it's like Larry David will fill in for certain characters and it's funny to see him reading the lines. Right. You know, right. And I know you said Larry told you how he wanted you to deliver the lines, but did you or Julia improvise anything or come up with any ideas during rehearsals that made it into the episode? I feel like the answer to that is yes, because maybe the maybe the you know, I remember Larry specifically did the head shake. And so I just imitated Kim on that. (laughs) But maybe um, something in the first scene, uh, maybe, but it's not it's not improv. So there were some amazing recurring characters who appeared in this episode. So like we mentioned, you had Jerry Stiller and Barney Martin, uh, Liz Sheridan, Estelle Harris, all these people, you know, uh, Wayne Knight, John O'Hurley. Was there anybody in particular that you watched work uh, on any stories about that? Well, you know, um, I don't know how ambulatory uh, Jerry was. Jerry Stiller was at the time. It seemed to me like he may have been having some difficulty walking at the time because um, he was, uh, I think he was sitting down most of the time. Anyway, I was amazed by uh, his energy and how uh, how funny he was. And this is somebody uh, in the, you know, the third act of his career and all of a sudden he's on top of the world, you know. So uh, I was I, I would have to say I was very, very impressed by him and Newman's Newman's in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you talked about it a little bit before, but can you describe what it was like being on the set for that classic Jerry Stiller blooper when he couldn't say Del Boca Vista? That's right. Del Boca Vista. I remember <laughs> now. And he just kept <laughs> blowing it. He just kept blowing it. Bo, Bo, Vicka Del just kept blowing it. I mean, just the phrase, you know, honestly, um, it could be he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> it could be that he was faking blowing it because he knew what it was doing to the audience. It, it, entirely possible, but it was, he must have said it. Is there a bootleg tape of it? Bootleg tape of it, of him saying, how many times did he say it? <laughs> Oh, well, it's not even bootleg. It's official. One of the greatest Seinfeld bloopers of all time is yeah, yeah him struggling to say Del Boca Vista. How many and, times does he say it? Oh, man. Like five, six different times. I like, think it was more than that. It was probably more, but what they cut together, you know. Like, it, is, it, was, it was really funny. <laughs> oh, it's it was, fantastic. It was really funny. Are you telling me there's not one condo available in all of Del, Bo- Del, Bo- Del Boca Vista? That's right. In all of Del, Bo- Del, Bo- Del, Bo- Del Boca Vista? In all of Del Vista Bico? That's right. In all of Del Vista Bico? And like Adam mentioned, there were so many incredible actors on the show, especially in this episode. 
I know you already talked about Jerry Stiller, but were there any other performers that you really admired? Well, um, besides, you know, Jerry Stiller in the, you know, in the third act of his life on top of the world. And then he did the other show after that. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Barney is also in the same situation where, you know, Barney had a career as a police officer and then <laughs> went into acting and then was in, uh, he's in The Producers and uh, he's in, um, I want to say, I want to say he's in a Neil Simon. Maybe he's in The Odd Couple as one of the guys at the poker table. Maybe not the film, but certainly on stage. So Barney was in, you know, uh, uh, was in, again, on top of the world in a, in a late in his life. I find that um, very impressive. And um, I also got to say that uh, Michael Richards had cracked me up when I was in high school when he was on Fridays. And he was basically doing that same character um as as uh, Kramer right that oh, same yeah. how about the one um about the one where uh Kramer has the set of the Merv Griffin show in his apartment oh <laughs> that is the best that, episode of season nine <laughs> that is that is crazy and he's so committed to the absurdity of it fantastic oh, I like that one a lot oh it's incredible yeah <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> Where, what are we doing? Um, you know. um, so, based on your experience on the show that week, uh, what do you think it was about Seinfeld that made it so successful? Well, um, um, as hostile as Larry can be, and he made a, a career out of being uh, hostile with the audience in comedy clubs. I think it's set successful because um the uh no hugging no lessons treats the audience with respect and the respect it deserves so uh, you know for somebody that was hostile i think it's ironic that he treated them uh more honestly than uh most situation comedies where there's lessons in hugging you know <laughs> right which is bullcrap <laughs> yeah and and there's and there's so many shows on now that uh have taken that um no no hugging no lessons to heart how about did you see that show on uh i forget what it's on maybe netflix uh Rami or rami um it's about the um egyptian american guy oh no, I've, boy. Seen, I've seen the ads for it or like the you know they show it on the home screen but i never it's great. And it owes it really actually owes a debt of gratitude to Seinfeld because it's so real and really funny and not uh there's never any uh um sad parts of uh, uh Seinfeld ever, but uh, still all these shows that are so adult really owe a lot to Seinfeld. Another you know what um I say this to my students all the time is Seinfeld, you guys will know the quote better. He said something like he didn't work blue because he thought it was lousy craftsmanship. Um, he didn't have the F word in his act. And I try to get my students uh, to, at least as they're beginning, to avoid um, copious swearing because it's just bad craftsmanship. Right. Uh, I think 
it was either Jerry or Larry who said like, oh, you drop an F-bomb, you double your laughs. Like, yeah. You know. And I know you said, you know, Barney Martin personally. Do you have any yeah. stories about Barney Martin that you'd like to share with us? Well, like I said, I knew him from church and um, we were having some kind of big meeting someday and he had to run the meeting and uh, somebody said, uh, and he said, okay, can we have a, uh, uh, a second on this? And so I was there so i seconded the thing he says oh uh ronnie west is seconding it i worked with him worked with him many times he was just like oh he was like doing some bit while we were in church another time he told us to rip up a whole floor in the sanctuary that was fun (laughs) and uh, his his late wife catherine and he used to have um people over to their house after church for soup and sandwiches on uh, i'm sorry after choir practice they lived on, um, wow, they lived really cr- close to Radford, too. Um, very close to it. Probably still drove. But. What was it like when he saw you on the set? I mean, was he happy to see oh, you? Oh, um, he was, actually. That's that's right. He was. We, um, and, um, yeah, he was. And, you know, that was, that greased the wheels a little bit because, um you know, other than that, I didn't really know anybody other than just from hearing about them, you know. So, yeah, that, that did grease the wheels. So you mentioned you also appeared in Larry David's film, Sour Grapes. Uh, yes. What was your experience like working with Larry David on that? Oh, film? That was fun. Now, see, though, now I was a veteran. So now I was a now I was a David player. So and also I knew um, Stephen Weber and Craig Bierko from before how did i know them um steven weber one time came into second city and improvised with us and you know showed he was game and um he had was on a show called wings when he did that with us and craig uh had been at uh northwestern and uh, was buddies with my friend richard kind so somehow i think i knew him through richard so then we showed up, uh, we shot at some hospital in L.A. on one day. Anyway, um, I just hung out with um, Larry and Craig and Steve all day while everybody else was setting up the shots. And I was like, this is great. You know, how did I get into the club? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember having to pay dues to get into this club. Yeah, that was fun. Was Larry David any different? on the set of that film than he was on Seinfeld? He seemed to be more relaxed and he seemed to be, um, I don't know, like maybe he didn't have the uh, the weekly pressure. You know, it seemed like he was more relaxed and he was laughing a lot with us, you know? Yeah, we Did just he- all, all we the, the, the four of us were just, you know, talking. I was wondering if we got anything done and we were just waiting for the crew to light the scene. What were you going to say? No, I was I was just wondering, like, did he mention or bring up Seinfeld at all? Because I always wondered the years he wasn't on Seinfeld, if he paid attention to it at all or was just, uh, I, I don't know, watched it or, or talked about it in any way. Because uh, I never really hear anything about that. I do not remember him mentioning it. I don't remember him mentioning it. I remember Wayne saying that he thought the movie seemed like a long Seinfeld episode to him. <laughs> we shot at a ho- we shot at a hospital in that they always shoot at in um 
in LA. It's like it's closed and they always shoot there. But then um, the second day we shot, it was at a different hospital further south. And um, in both cases, wait a minute. Well, certainly in the second case, um, the hospital was still open. And this actual doctor came through and they were like, no, 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 you can't go here. We're shooting. And he was like, I got to get to work. (laughs) I think now I said that the first hospital was was closed, but now I'm going to retract that. I think the first hospital was also actively working. It was a working hospital while we were shooting and somebody died on the floor while we were there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Not that the filming caused it, but it's just like, it just where's, happened, the pri- where's the priorities here? <laughs> <laughs> that's That sounds like something that, you know, that's a very Seinfeldian thing to happen, you know, or like something right. you'd see on Curb or something. <laughs> right, right. Did you ever audition for Curb? I feel like you'd be perfect on Curb. Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. Um because I know Garland from uh, Chicago. Um, I uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm not. I don't know why. Everybody I know has been on that. I had the uh, exact same thought. Like, you have that great improv background, and you just seem like somebody that would show up in a Curb episode, like to play a doctor again or something. You know, like the doctor that Larry goes to and just gets well, to do Well, they're an still argument. shooting him, right? And, uh, yeah. So I think so, yeah. 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 Hey, you never know. <laughs> you never know. All right, so before we let you go, we're just going to get into our final segment. It's called This, That, and the Other. Basically, we just ask you a question, and the first thing that comes to mind, you let us know. Okay. So first question, who was the funniest person you ever worked with at Second City? You know, that's, that is a great question. Um, my friend Joe Liss always kept us uh, rolling. Um, he was uh, actually later was a writer for uh, Third Rock. Uh, Keegan Michael Key could find he would find so many laughs that you didn't know were there. Uh, and um, Keegan and uh, Steve Carell, to whom I'm, I'm close to both of them, uh, were total um, five-tool players, as they say in baseball. You know, so. Oh, Steve Carell's fantastic. Every, every, but every, there's so many people that it's, it's really hard to say. That's just off the top of my head. Uh, what role or performance are you proudest of? Um, well, there's, uh, there's a uh, two. Um, uh, one time I played uh, in cabaret. I played a, uh, a guy that takes English lessons from the lead. I think in the play he's called Ernst. And at the end of my scene with the lead, I got exit applause. Later on in that same act, I came down the aisle with a uh, Nazi emblem on uh, on my arm, and the audience was gasping because all of a sudden they couldn't like the funny guy anymore. So it was one extreme to the other. Yeah. And um, um, Fairly recently, I've been uh, playing uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, so imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like that's tough to imagine. That's quite a role, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a favorite band or musician? Um, I'm gonna have to go uh, for uh, you know everybody. Everybody should say the Beatles. If they don't, they're just wrong. So let's. So I'm not gonna be like everybody else. I'm gonna just give you my number two band. I think I'm gonna have to go with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Honestly, Led Zeppelin's my number one, but yeah. <laughs> I love the Beatles. But, uh, but the, just the um, just the the just the counting of the ocean alone. Da 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 da. We done four already, and now we're steady, and then they went a one, a two, a three, a four. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Love it. I've seen it charted as um, a measure of 8-8 eight, eight, followed by a measure of 7-8. That's Bonzo for you. Yeah. Uh, what is something people don't know about you? Uh, I am, uh, to this day, playing softball competitively in Los Angeles. <laughs> I... Uh, I uh, actually, uh, I'm the oldest person on the team uh, by 20 years easily, but um, I never get tired. You haven't played against Bette Midler at all, have you? No. I shot shot something once where I had to be, um, I had to be the catcher in a softball game and I showed up the sitcom. I brought my glove and they were like, oh, here, we've got a glove for you. And I'm like, oh, no, come on. I'm going to be using my glove in this scene. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you nuts? <laughs> yeah, what are you nuts? You're going to give me a pair. Of, you're going to give me a pair of round glasses. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be using my glasses in this scene. Uh, uh, the other f- thing most people don't know, know about me is I'm now uh, uh, happily married to the playwright Catherine Butterfield. Oh wow! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, who's your favorite comedian? Well, I remember when I was a kid, I was watching The Tonight Show, and Steve Martin said, uh, I am so mad at my mother. She called me up the other day, and she wants to borrow $10 for some food. I said, hey, I work for a living. <laughs> which is, which I was, I was sold on him then, so... Uh, I guess that I he what's who's somebody that's more current that I like though. I have to think about I have to think about it a little bit. What actor or director would you like to work with someday? Um, I you know I I'd like to work with Steve again. Um, he and I have had a lot of fun together, and we don't get to see one another very often. I'd like to work with Keegan again. We've had a lot of fun together. Um. I'll tell you one of the times that Keegan and I had a lot of fun together was we went to a second run movie house here and we saw um, W.C. Fields and the Marx Brothers and we were laughing like crazy. It was great. (laughs) When you are with Keegan, and I hope that you'll get him on one of your podcasts or something, he will make you feel like you are the funniest person ever. That's really that's really a gift. We'll have to find out if he's a Seinfeld fan. Maybe we'll have him oh, on. I, I, I'm sure he. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. <laughs> uh, who is your favorite character on Seinfeld? 
I'm going to go with my favorite relationship on Seinfeld is the one between Frank and Kramer because of that. Remember the scene with the bro? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's like Frank has found his long lo- his playmate that he always needed, you know. <laughs> and final thing, favorite moment of your career so far. Well, it's a little bit of a long story. I wrote a um, I wrote a musical in Chicago, and we were doing it. It was going pretty well. And uh, we added Tuesday shows, and this Tuesday audience stood up in a standing ovation. It was great. And, uh, and here I thought I saw my old friend Bernard Solins, founder of Second City, in uh, the uh, audience. Sure enough, he came backstage to say hi to me and Keegan and Rick Hall. And he says, that was great, guys. Come uh, join me at the restaurant with my friends. And he went. And we were like, okay, we'll see you there. And as soon as he was gone, we turned to each other and we said, Bernie hates everything. (laughs) We really thought we'd arrive because he was was a very tough audience. (laughs) Well. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for talking about your episode of Seinfeld. It was such a great episode with so many amazing guest stars, and we appreciate you telling us about it today. You make me want to look it up now and see if there's anybody else that I know that that's in the episode, because I feel like there is. Um, <laughs> but thank you, guys. This has been terrific. Oh, oh, thank it's been you. so much fun. Yeah, you had some great yeah. stories to tell. Oh, I, I really appreciate yeah. it. Three days on yeah. the set. It's like, if I'd have known, I'd have kept better notes. no it's great because we always say that no matter you know if you were in one episode or one scene or you had one line whatever however big or small the part you are you're an important part of seinfeld and you're part of part of what makes it special how old were you guys when it first came out oh well i mean because it came out i wasn't even born yet when it came out technically but (laughs) yeah I was born the year it came out, but I do remember watching it live the late the the last two or three years wow. uh, with with my parents. Wow! Wow! You're really fans. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really get into it until the DVDs came out. But. Yeah. Well, that's like me and the Honeymooners. I mean, you know, those shows were 30 years old before I saw them, and one time Jackie Gleason goes, "You are a blabbermouth." to his mother-in-law have you seen that one i mean what it's 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 you know 15 minutes of him (laughs) of of him wanting to tell his mother-in-law off 15 minutes of it oh that's great then he hits that alarm clock and says you are a blabber (laughs) and i uh, that's 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 funny that's really funny yeah, oh. those sitcoms, the Honeymooners, Seinfeld, just such classics. They'll always be funny. And it's yeah. mm-hmm. so cool that you got to be a part of that show. I mean, yeah. just amazing. But thanks again, Ron. It was a pleasure talking to you. Okay. Thanks, Ron. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at theplacetobeseinfeld at gmail.com. You can also find our show on Facebook at The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast. Twitter at TPTB Seinfeld and Instagram at the place to be dot podcast. You can find our show on anchor, Spotify, Google podcasts, breaker, 
Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Until next time, be sure to hang up your pants for the perfect crease. Ha <laughs> ha!